Hello again, everyone, and welcome to it. It is the Derek Hunter Podcast for the 23rd of December, 2022. Happy, glorious, beautiful, happy, happy, joy, joy Friday to you. Lord knows we all need it. And, uh, man, God knows I do. It's uh, right before Christmas. I hope you're going to have a wonderful Christmas time. I don't mean that in a terrible Paul McCartney song kind of way. I mean that genuinely. Don't forget uh, the Cursed Program. I thought about sending this out to everybody as a Christmas gift, but you know what? The Weekend F and Review, listening to it the day before Christmas, I'm not, for f- like everybody, unsuspecting, not sure it's going to be that family friendly. So <laughs> we'll keep it at patreon.com slash Derek Hunter podcast and Derek Hunter dot com because, you know, if you're going to be driving on your way to a Christmas thing, you got to consciously want to uh, to hear me rant about stuff and boy howdy am i gonna have some rants this week so check that out if you're so inclined appreciate the support absolutely and always now let's get on with the show lots of stuff to get to a bunch of stuff to talk about as we wrap up everything for christmas Zelensky, vladimir Zelensky. oh my goodness the media the media has to be dehydrated today. The left-wing media, in particular the Democrats, just the, the political left, has to be dehydrated today. Now, what do I mean by that? It's not some gross sexual thing, although you're, you're free to think that too. It's because they've been slobbering so much in the past 24 hours, just drooling all over themselves. Oh, Zelensky! Oh, Zelensky! 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 It's weird when you have a president in your party and you're sitting there treating this guy in a country nobody really gives a damn about as though he's the greatest leader in the world, they're comparing him to Winston Churchill. My goodness, right before Christmas, years ago, decades ago, another world leader addressed a joint session of Congress. Ooh, really? Who was that? Winston Churchill? Why, Zelensky's just like Winston Churchill if Winston Churchill had shut down opposition press and imprisoned the people who would pose him politically. If he did that, if Churchill did that, he's exactly like Zelensky, except, of course, Zelensky is slobbered over. Winston Churchill oversaw a horrible racist empire and is a monster and should be should have all of his statues and memorials burned to the ground. Nowadays, the new political left, whereas Zelensky, I don't know what they think about Zelensky. You can't say Zelensky celebrates diversity in the way that Democrats, well, in any way, really, but certainly not in the way that the progressive left, leftist Democrats mean it. They're like, oh, celebrate diversity. Look at Ukraine. It's like, okay, you got to paint by numbers, and it only came with, with, uh, with peach. You know, you just Even Hunter Biden's a little more creative than that. But there's no diversity to be celebrated. They can hate Winston Churchill all they want. Oh, my goodness. He oversaw this, that, and the other thing. Well, opposition in Ukraine is kind of being treated the way that the left would have you believe that all the colonies always were treated by the UK. Always. I'm not somebody who sits there and demands that people apologize for their colonial past. I uh, I look at 
colonialism is and and, and that positive where they're bad aspects or oh controversy what are you saying Derek? why watch what you're saying no it's true a lot of these countries are further advanced than they otherwise would have been the infrastructure things like that that exist there now were there bad things that came with it of course there were but it is not all one thing that's how the left would have you they they view things in absolutes it's really bizarre how they, it's just negative, just a negative thing. Okay, well, fine, if you want to think that. The people who live there don't necessarily think that. It's always the offended by proxy people that you've got to be uh, worrisome about and be aware of. Anyway, that's a, a tangent and a rant for another day. just want to, uh, I, I watched the Zelensky speech. He did it in English. We've sent the guy upwards of... Uh, approaching 50 billion dollars and he's ungrateful it's not enough he couldn't even bother to pack a suit to come with him and if you notice there's one thing that you do notice about people world leaders now i'm not a a stickler for wearing a suit i very infrequently uh, wear pants right real pants in any event because i'm a hermit but when the occasion calls for it, you put on a jacket, you put on a tie. You do these sorts of things because you have to. It's a show of respect for the people with whom you're associating. If I go on television, for example, I will put on a shirt and tie. Still no pants, but, you know, I'm sitting in my chair. So uh, there are plenty of times where they've said, would you go on television and... Uh, We'll have to get you to come in studio. And I was like, no, I'm not, <clears throat> I'm not interested in going on television if I have to leave the house. I'll do it from home. Not because I don't want to wear pants, but again, because I don't like to go anywhere. But I will do what is appropriate. If you work from home, you probably don't comb your hair all that often. You probably, I mean, keep the snarls out. But when you are doing something, you're going to a funeral, going to a wedding, you will probably comb your hair. If you work construction, you probably don't have much call for a suit, right? What are you going to do? Get a nail gun? Start hammering at some uh, some two-by-fours in a suit? No, you don't do that. But if you're going to court or you're going to a wedding or a funeral or whatever, whatever it is, an anniversary, surprise anniversary party, maybe you want to consider breaking out a collared shirt at a minimum. You understand that you should dress appropriately for certain things. Zelensky had no compunction whatsoever. Why? Because he has a brand. He's wearing his basically his his camo sort of pseudo uniform, sort of pseudo military uniform. That's what that is. It's the gr- pale olive green washed out. He looks like he'd be a, an insignificant extra in a scene on MASH in the background, right? That's kind of what Zelensky looks like most of the time when you see him. And he did not disappoint, if that's your thing, when he came to Washington, D.C. Now, you would think that visiting the nation, his number one patron is propping him up, going to the White House, addressing a joint session of Congress, you might throw a jacket and tie on. Yeah, he owns them. There uh, is evidence that he's worn them before. He wasn't always a wartime president. He's trying to emphasize that he's a wartime president. But more than that, 
What they do, if you look at these leftists throughout history who have totalitarian bents to them, they put on a show, not for world consumption. The American people look at that and go, dude, you're dressed like a slob. You're wearing a T-shirt. What are you doing? His main audience is back home. Castro always wore the same or mostly wore the same thing, right? Didn't he? The rest of the totalitarian dictators, they weren't dressed like normal people. They had their various uniforms. Now, I'm not saying that Zelensky is the new Hitler, but he certainly has totalitarian bents. Look at the totalitarians. There's not a whole lot of pictures of Stalin rocking a suit, for example. He had his military uniform, his military jacket. He wasn't a great military leader. He was commander of the military. He was one of the people. There's Mao in the Mao, dressed like Mao all the time. He knew what suits were, but he had, and everybody else around him wore suits. He had to differentiate himself, be sort of dressed up, but dressed down. His uniform, he's man of the people. There are, uh, South America, for example, is littered with a whole bunch of people who play military commanders. Subcomandante Marcos is one of my favorite things, the leader of a revolution. The Subcomandante Marcos. And you're sitting there going, what? Subcomandante? And you go, yeah, Subcomandante Marcos. Mexican rebel, leftist. And you go, what, why is he subcommandante? Well, because he made himself subcommandante, not, not commandante. Because he's a man of the people. He's in charge. You crossed him. You were in trouble. He's now, I believe, spending the rest of his life in prison. But that doesn't matter. At the time when he was out there, he was you know, the leader unquestioned of this left-wing militant guerrilla movement fighting to take over Mexico or at least large chunks of it. And uh, he was subcomandante, Marcos. Why? Because, well, he's not really. He's one of the people. It's, it's all for show. It's all for show. And that's why I'm a little bit more disturbed today than I was yesterday about Zelensky. I always knew he had these totalitarian instincts and what have you. But now he's buying into and he comes from a, a showbiz background. He's now buying into the rest of the show, the uniform, the costumes, things like that. It's like Hitler. A few years ago, I remember this story in the UK Daily Mail. Somebody, some Western journalist, I think, in the mid-30s, maybe late 30s, but before World War II had started, before Hitler had started invading him, he's still known to be awful, but had surreptitiously recorded Adolf Hitler talking like a normal human being. You ever thought it was weird that you don't hear Hitler's normal speaking voice? All you ever hear is in the big speeches. You see that footage everywhere. That's all the footage that exists. There is no footage, no video footage of Adolf Hitler speaking like he's ordering a sandwich. You know what? I think I'm going to have the bologna today. There's none of that. None of him having a normal conversation. That is not because people don't want to humanize Hitler and they only want to show him being a raving lunatic. It's because he and the Nazis, first of all, 
recording wasn't ubiquitous, but he and the Nazis wanted to keep the mystique around him. They didn't want people to know his normal speaking voice. They only, the public, he wanted only the public to see the, the passionate, loud, boisterous, animated Hitler. And so when this journalist was interviewing Hitler, it was agreed that there would be no recording or the recording would have to be destroyed or whatever because they did not want any record whatsoever of it. I think of that the same way I think of Zelensky wearing his uniform, parading around Capitol Hill, parading around the White House. Give the impression he's down in the trenches. And I've seen this today from leftists on Twitter. He's right from the war front down to here. No, look, his country's not having a good time. I don't mean to belittle that, but he's not on the front lines. Right? He is not on the front lines. He's in Kiev. At least to be called Kiev. Miles and miles and miles away. Hundreds of miles away. So just be aware of the show because it's not by accident. So I, I just don't trust Zelensky. Zelensky comes over here. And uh, I have, I am, uh, I'm not a big fan of ingratitude. And that just seemed to be what Zelensky brought. I didn't bother getting any cuts from him because it's, his broken English is bad. And uh, it's, it's just annoying. So there you go. I just thought it was interesting to comment on the way he looked. He couldn't have brought a suit. I know he owns a suit. Did his wife not say, hey, maybe you want to dress this one up a little bit, or is it all part of the show? I suspect it is all part of the show. Speaking of the show, and all part of the show, the uh, with the help of Grabian Media, we have a countdown, in no particular order, really, of some of the absurdity of the media this year, the left-wing activist media. And uh, how they just went horribly, horribly wrong. You might remember this one, the first clip here. They went nuts over this story that Donald Trump had deleted White House phone records. Remember that one? Remember that? Oh, my God, the January 6th committee had discovered that Donald Trump or somebody in his White House had deleted the phone records for January the 6th, 2021, trying to hide that they were calling people up there on Capitol Hill and really coordinating the riot from the Oval Office. This was the smoking gun. Why else would you delete phone records? There's a seven and a half hour gap, not noting that there's, you know, pretty regularly. Now, the seven and a half hour gap was in the phone records of if you use a particular phone in the White House, the one on the president's desk, you pick it up and you don't get a dial tone. You don't dial nine for, you know, an external line or anything like that. You pick it up and there's an operator there, a White House operator, probably the only place that still employs an operator. Then, well, how may I help you, Mr. President? Blah, blah, blah. Well, I want to I order Domino's. Get me some pizzas. And then they would connect you or take care of it themselves. There are many other phones in the White House. That would, by the way, that would go into the official call log. President wanted uh, steaming hot pepperoni. There are plenty of other phones in the White House and every cell phone in the White House, which, you know, shocking news, most people use that don't run through the official White House switchboard. Again, it's weird to think there's still a switchboard there, but there is. And therefore, there would be no official log of that call because why would there be? 
when this was discovered for this one day, nobody thought maybe we should check other days. And maybe we should, I don't know, figure out why this is rather than just simply go out there and regurgitate left-wing talking points that this is some sort of smoking gun, that Donald Trump was actively trying to hide what his people and he were doing on January 6th, that they were coordinating this riot at the Capitol. Instead, nope. The left-wing media, the talking heads, particularly this is these are all MSNBC heavy. It's a testament to just how insignificant uh, CNN is. There's some CNN throughout this, but mostly MSNBC. It's a testament to just how ready to believe anything these leftists are. Now, none of these people have gone on. They've acknowledged it, I think, to a certain extent. But none of them have actually gone on to apologize to their viewers that they lied to them. They lied to them. It's not that they were wrong. You didn't bother to find out if you were right. You didn't care if you were right. That level of indifference makes it a lie. Here they are talking about those phone records, and this is going to be the one that really gets... What are, what are they trying to hide? Seven hours makes the 18 minutes of erased Oval Office tapes around Watergate look like a game of patty cake. There appears to be a real cover-up of who Trump was talking to while the mob was attacking and ransacking the Capitol. These White House records are not just incomplete. The gap suggests staggering and potentially willful omissions. Trump, or someone in his administration, appears to have actually tampered with the records. It looks like he made a decision. I'm going to take this offline for the next seven and a half hours. Donald Trump has acted like a mafia boss. Donald Trump and his allies, whether they removed calls from the log or they made secret calls on burner phones, knew what they were doing was wrong and tried to hide it. Simple as that. Now, the six pages of logs for January 6th are determined to be complete based on an official review of those White House records. So there are no missing pages, and the seven-hour gap is likely explained by the use of White House landlines, White House cell phones, and personal cell phones that don't go through a switchboard. <laughs> that last part was the clarification by uh, one of the uh, news reporters over at CNN. None of the uh, talking heads at MSNBC said it's obvious. It's obvious that he knew what he was doing. It's obvious they knew what they were doing. They were trying to kill every single one of us, those bastards. Well, we got them. We got the smoking gun. This was how it was reported. And then it was, oh, jeez, sorry, we were wrong. And no price was paid. Nobody got anything, really. Nobody got any, like, talking to, nobody got any discipline, nothing whatsoever. Nobody went on the air. Chris Hayes didn't do a thoughtful end of the show 30-second commentary about how he regrets the error that he made, simply assuming the worst because it was about a Republican. No, they had burner phones, man. They're just like they're just like the wire. They they sent out Mark Meadows into you know rural Virginia to various convenience stores to buy a bunch of burner phones. That's what they did. And now where they're caught. Don't let them tell you different. You sitting there and you listen to these people, you really, really do come away dumber. Speaking of coming away dumber, the next story of the media simply eating it this year is about the Supreme Court. You remember this one? Neil Gorsuch refuses 
to wear a mask around Sonia Sotomayor. He's a monster. He's a racist. He's a garbage man. He's terrible. He, Sonia Sotomayor is immunocompromised somehow. I don't know. Frog-like DNA maybe makes you immunocompromised. But that was the story. Oh, my God. There's tension on the Supreme Court because Neil Gorsuch refuses to wear a mask sitting right there next to Sonia Sotomayor. He's a monster. He wants her to die of COVID. That's what he wants. He wants her to die of COVID. This was all the rage. This was, I think it was Nina Totenberg of NPR, our tax dollars at work, widely overpaid, horrible reporter, reported this. And immediately the media said, yes, yes, this is true. This is, has to be true because we see Gorsuch not wearing a mask sitting there on the bench and Sotomayor wears them. Now, of course, nobody ever said, well, you know, if, if the mask that, uh, that Sonia Sotomayor is wearing works, then what the hell does she care about somebody sitting next to her not wearing a mask, right? All right, wouldn't that, wouldn't that be the, the logical question a normal human being might have occur to them? It's not how it works anymore with these left-wingers. It is uh, mask up and shut up. Well, then the truth came out. They released a joint statement, Sotomayor and Gorsuch, which negates everything you're about to hear, which no one you're about to hear came on the air and said, geez, turns out we were wrong. The correction, see, they have their opinion shows where they're like, can you believe this? This guy's a monster. And there's Joy Reid going, this guy's a monster. He's a racist. He's terrible. And the correction is always by somebody who does like the news brief at the top of the hour. Nobody knows who they're faceless, nameless. They don't know anything. In this case, they didn't even bother with that. In this case, the correction, the actual story, the statement was not read by any of these boneheads. It was read by Dana Perino on Fox News because they never bothered to correct the record. Why would they? Tragically, anti-mask insanity has now reached the highest court in the land. My first reaction was to think what a mean-spirited, almost ghoulish person Neil Gorsuch is. Gorsuch has the nerve to refuse to wear a mask indoors while seated next to his colleague who's vulnerable to possible death from a highly communicable disease. Neil Gorsuch is prioritizing his right to be a tool over protecting Sonia Sotomayor's life. That just seems ridiculous. Can you put a mask on to be Seriously. polite? It's what kind hard. of workplace is this? It's not hard. Neil Gorsuch, shame on you. Shame on you. You, Neil Gorsuch, are both a rotten co-worker, dangerous to be near in a pandemic, and tonight's absolute worst. And here is a joint statement from Sotomayor and Gorsuch reporting that Justice Sotomayor asked Justice Gorsuch to wear a mask surprised us. It is false. While we may sometimes disagree about the law, we are warm colleagues and friends. <laughs> You're just the worst. My God, shame on you. You heard Whoopi there. Shame on you. Whoopi Gold, the part of Whoopi Goldberg tonight will be played by Harvey Firestein. Stone, or whatever the hell his name is. Shame on you. How dare you. How dare you. Neil Gorsuch, you try to kill an ethnic minority on the Supreme Court because you're a racist. Huh? They put out a statement denying it, and NPR stood by the story. NPR stood by... Nina Totenberg said, Bleh. Who are you going to believe, them 
or my anonymous source. It's my anonymous source. Well, see, here's the thing. If if uh, Sonia Sotomayor were really shivering for her life, terrified at the prospect of somebody breathing freely sitting next to her, don't you think she could have gone remote? Yeah. The Supreme Court was allowing this at the time. I think they still are. You don't have to physically be there. You could be not you don't even have to be at home. You can go back in your office and use a video link, a secure internal video link to do your job. If you're that terrified of the meanie CO two expeller sitting next to you, those racist CO two molecules. You sit there and you go, What the hell is wrong with these people? But it's the narrative, man. It's the narrative. He's a monster. Why? Well, because he's a conservative. Don't you read the papers? They eat small children. You know, not even not even for the nutritional value, which everybody knows small children have. He eats them for the taste. And therefore, he's a monster who needs to be destroyed. You sit there and you go, what in the hell is wrong with these people? Surely somebody went on and apologized. No, not a single one of them went on to apologize. This was the year, this was 2022 in the media. There's no need, you know, what was it, uh, love story. Being in love means never having to say you're sorry or whatever it is. Now, having a press pass means never having to say you're sorry or admit you're wrong or admit you're a god-awful, horrible human being, which brings us to our next one. The uh, appointment of Katanji Brown Jackson to the Supreme Court. Remember that? Oh, she's she's black. Did you know she's black? She's on the Supreme Court because she's black. And uh, that would normally sit there and have a, a normal human being go, yeah, this is gross. How about I, I deserve to be there rather than focusing on my skin color? But we're dealing with leftists. They don't care about merit. Merit is a four-letter word. And if you've listen to any of the oral arguments featuring Ketanji Brown-Jackson, you realize merit didn't have a whole hell of a lot to do with this. And uh, boy, howdy, that didn't stop them, though, when she was confirmed. Listen to these slobbering leftists talk about, there's somebody who's going to look like me up there. There's somebody who's going to look like you up there. Oh, we finally look like America, the Supreme Court. They don't think like America. They don't particularly like the United States, but whatever. There's somebody who looks like you at any event. Just, you know, don't talk about Clarence Thomas. He's an Uncle Tom or something like that. All these people. Tragically, anti-mask insanity has now reached the highest court in the land. My first reaction was to think what a mean-spirited, almost ghoulish person Neil Gorsuch is. Gorsuch has the nerve to refuse to wear a mask indoors while seated next to his colleague who's vulnerable to possible death from a highly communicable disease. Neil Gorsuch is prioritizing his right to be a tool over protecting Sonia Sotomayor's life. That just seems ridiculous. Can you put a mask on to be Seriously. polite? It's what kind hard. of workplace is this? It's not hard. Neil Gorsuch, shame on you. Shame on you. You, Neil Gorsuch, are both a rotten co-worker, dangerous to be near in a pandemic, and tonight's absolute worst. And here is a joint statement from Sotomayor and Gorsuch reporting that Justice Sotomayor asked Justice Gorsuch to wear a mask surprised us. It is false. While we may sometimes disagree about the law, we are warm colleagues and friends. Powerful, powerful. Forget the fact she's a moron. She's not qualified for the job. Uh, there were many, many other people there. You could have... Actually, the reason that you... 
the biggest problem for Kataji Brown Jackson is Joe Biden saying, I'm going to pick a black woman. I'm going to pick the best brain in the world is going to be a black woman. Wait a second. Are you going to pick? I don't know. Maybe the best brain in the world is a black woman, but maybe you shouldn't say that you're going to make your decision based on skin color and you say you do it based on merit, even if you plan on doing it by skin color and you secretly go, find me a black woman. Instead, instead, no, you just come right out, soil the sheets, ruin your trousers and go, hey, man. I don't know what's going on here, but I've picked myself a black woman, therefore I'm not a racist. Joe, that doesn't do it. What does the left say? The left says, oh, you, you say you have a black friend. That means, oh, you doesn't mean you're not a racist. Kind of does. But Joe Biden has a long-storied career, a history of racism. Picking a black woman for the Supreme Court doesn't mean he's not racist, does it? Well, it does if you're a Democrat. Because logic need not apply. These people just beclown themselves for 365 straight days in 2022. 2023 is only going to get worse. Only going to get more entertaining. Our next media embarrassment, disgrace, is around the leak of the Dobbs decision. Remember that? Back in May, some leftist released a, a draft opinion from the Supreme Court to try and outrage everybody. Protests started. Everybody went crazy. Well, I want you to listen to this montage of leftists about that. It feels like we are not just at the brink of a civil war, but that one has already begun. The MAGA movement is a threat. This means war. That is where we are. We are at war with these people. These folks are evil. This is literally what conservative white folks do when they don't get their way. They turn violent. The extremists that we're dealing with every single day, we've got to kill and confront that movement. It is a danger to our democracy. It is a danger to our way of life. These crazed, deranged folks who want to impart evil in every facet of our society. And this is why it could be more dangerous than 1860 or the 1930s. Clearly, you know, this is a um, literally call to arms. <laughs> Maisie Hirono. God, she's so stupid. That was the reaction to the, you know, it wasn't like to the reaction to the Capitol riot. No, these are all from 2022. These are all leftists responding to the leak of the Dobbs decision. The leak of the Dobbs decision. <laughs> oh, my God. These people are evil. This is what white people do. Oh, my God, those evil white people. Another quick one. This is the media love for the January 6th hearings. Did you watch any of it? I watched the first one, and then the rest was like a yawn fest. But, oh, my God, these people fell in love to it, mostly with themselves. Hearings last night, they were searing. They were vivid. This is very compelling uh, television because it's a very compelling hearing. It was compelling. It was chilling. The videos were chilling, and it was. It, I think it's going to be historic. This was a historic, compelling Hearing It's compelling. It's must-see TV. We've seen all eight episodes through Thursday's season finale of the hearings. Was it a cliffhanger for you in any way? It almost felt as if it was like the series finale. At one point, Liz Cheney said, stay tuned for mm -hmm. September, which is like season two. We thought this was the season finale. Everybody's like, come back for more. <laughs> it's so pathetic. Oh, my God. It's the greatest thing on MSNBC. Yeah, MSNBC is not reality. This is your brain on MSNBC. Congratulations. It tanked your ratings, but boy, howdy, were you aroused. Sick people. 
Okay, so we had the love of the January 6th hearing. Now we go to the media's response to the raid on Mar-a-Lago. Remember the raid on Mar-a-Lago? That was this year. It seems like 500,000 years ago, but it was this year. And these people were all insisting, no, there's no, what? It wasn't even really a raid. What are you talking about? It was a very collegial drop by to say, hey, how you do it? kind of crap. I'm not even, well, that's a little bit of exaggeration, but not much. No, man, there was no raid on your home. A peaceful search that they gave them a heads up on. Peaceful search. I don't think there was any politics involved. This appears to be a nonpartisan process. The Justice Department is returning to its historical position as a law enforcement agency above politics, trying to do the right thing. These attacks on the FBI are just very sort of out there and outlandish. That's why we have law enforcement to actually bring fascists to justice. It's all legal. It's all lawful. It's not a raid. They didn't, you know, they, they're not there improperly or unlawfully. Because anybody on this set had done the same thing, the exact same result would have occurred. <laughs> a book ended there, Michael Steele. God, is there another human being that's a bigger disappointment than Michael Steele? But he's making money, so I mean, he's getting what he wanted. It's more disappointment in in me and in us not noticing that he was such a fraud until it was too late. But uh, yeah, and they go, no, no, what are you talking about? Raid? It was uh, they called ahead and they said we're going to bring uh, they're going to bring some pizza and some burgers and fire up the grill. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? Then we get to this doozy. This one's relatively new. Remember, not that long ago when there was the mass shooting at the gay club out in Colorado Springs horrible thing monster did it the media immediately circled the wagons and said this is all the fault of the republicans it's all the fault of republic their rhetoric what with how they said you shouldn't grown men shouldn't be flailing their genitals in the faces of children those damn men they inspired they might have well might as well have pulled the trigger themselves They might as well have pulled the damn trigger themselves. They are evil, and they deserve to be destroyed. Well, turned out like the next day after everybody clutched their pearls and and, uh, flagellated their backs into open sores, they said, oh, wait a second, you mean this guy is trans? And is on our, uses they, them, wait a second, Oh, crap. And then suddenly the story that had them all in tears the day before disappeared. Disappeared. It's amazing how you, oh, this is the most important thing in the world. I can't believe We're going to follow this to the ends of the earth. Wait, who did what? Oh, never mind. Let's see what else is going on. That's the way the world works these days in liberal politics. But anyway, here was their initial reaction. You're hearing journal. You'll be hearing journalists here. None of them did journalism before making any of these declarations. Just keep that in mind. There are five dead people in a strip mall because that was the only place they felt safe as gay or trans people in this town in Colorado Springs. I think that DeSantis, Boebert, they have blood on their hands on this. These bodies are not on the ground yet. 
And they're being used as political props right now. When you demonize someone to that extent and you make them feel like an existential threat to you and your children, it's no wonder, again, that we get this kind of violence. This exact same language of grooming and pedophilia targeting the LGBTQ community, it kills. And I'm just wondering, what could I have done different? Seriously, as reporters, what can we do different? I think we have to have a come to Jesus moment here. Uh, as reporters, there is no inward reflection here. It's just, you know, continue to use these people as props. Continue to use the grief of these people as props. Um, I think as reporters, we got to look in here uh, and double down. You got to double down. Double. Down. You got to love that. We got to. We got to. The, the the other side is using these people as props. Says the guy, literally using them as props. The guy dancing a jig on their grave. These people aren't even in the ground yet. But uh, pump up the music a little bit and I'll dance for you and tell you how their deaths, their murders are the fault and the reason caused by my political opponents. Yes, I'm the hero here. They're the victims and I'll defend. Wait, who did what now? Oh, crap. Now, it's kind of funny because literally he confessed, basically, for all intents and purposes to using them as props when he dropped it the next day when it came out in that court filing that this guy's non-binary uses they nam pronouns. He, he, he walked away. He's like, well, that's it. I'm out of here. You mean, wait a second. You just cared very deeply about these people. And now they're, you know, other people were using them as props, but now they're no longer useful to you as props. You're walking away in a, and he, any thoughts on that at all, Ben Collins? Any thoughts at all, Ben Collins? No. No, Ben Collins had the feels. And once the feels weren't enough, the facts came in and took over the feels. He ran away like a girl with a skinned knee. This is journalism in 2022. Lastly on our list of the media completely sucking. This is, again, with the... Big hat tip to Grabian Media. They've got more of these, but uh, these are the ones I picked. The freak out over Elon Musk buying Twitter. These are, it is amazing to me how people whose jobs exist almost expressly and certainly are protected expressly by the First Amendment to the Constitution are vehemently painfully and horrifyingly, terrifyingly, they're terrified of this, opposed to the concept of you and I, the great unwashed, having the ability to speak freely online on a platform that they dominate. Now, keep in mind, when you hear this talk about, oh, my God, what has happened, blah, 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 social media destroyed, blah, 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 that these people have monopolistic control over every other social media platform, over pretty much everything in Silicon Valley, all the internet service providers, everything you can possibly imagine. They have monopolistic control over it. One, count them, one after Elon Musk got it. It's not controlled by some right-winger. Elon Musk is not some right-winger. Elon Musk is what actually a classical liberal, what a liberal used to be, a free speech absolutist. 
But the prospect of you or I being able to express ourselves freely without the government censors, working with FBI and Twitter, working together, that scares the hell out of them. It's unacceptable. And so you get this freak out, the media's most disgraceful moments of... uh, 2022. As much as we all have sort of treated this platform as like the, the town square, the public forum, it's not anymore. It's Elon Musk's and he's going to do with it what he wants. And it's bad for the rest of us. Ever since Elon Musk took over Twitter, we've seen it devolve into something that is nothing close to truth and nothing close to unifying in the country as we see it today. And here we have something as important as Twitter, which is an important platform, um, now descending into the hellscape that he claimed it wouldn't be. My tummy meter says there's something just not great about this. Let's say they reinstate Donald Trump onto Twitter. Yeah. Would you leave the service? Yeah, probably. I mean, I, I don't I don't need to be there for that. When Elon Musk said wow, this is about free speech. It seems to me that it's about free speech of straight white men. And he himself is a troll. So his idea of freedom means freedom to be a jerk and to be cruel and to have no one be able to stop you. It certainly feels like we're in the dying days of this platform unless something changes quickly. You need controls on this. You need regulation. You cannot let these guys control discourse in this country or we are headed to hell. David Zerwick, Baltimore Sun there at the end. We are going, we are headed to hell. We must stop this. We must get a, yeah, there's a, a bald mutant columnist, media columnist for the Baltimore Sun, essentially wishing that government would control free speech online because, because Elon Musk might allow opinions that he doesn't like to be spread online. How little faith must you have in your ability to counteract bad arguments that you cannot allow opposition to be even heard, to have a voice, to be uttered, to be said, to be typed, to be whatevered? How how out of it, how clueless, how weak must you know your case to be? You go, well, you know what, if people hear a contrary opinion to that which I believe to be true, they'll believe it. Well, why would that be? Is it might be that maybe there's something wrong with what you believe? But, yeah, that would at least give a normal person a little bit of a pause and go, maybe, maybe, maybe I need to rethink, or maybe I need to, I don't know, come up with a better argument for my case or what have you. But no, silencing the opposition is just easier it's easier the other way is just a little bit too much like work don't you think ew yuck work everybody on the left is maynard g krebs they don't want to work nobody gonna make me work tell you what god thanks to grabian for pulling those together and suffering through all that garbage all right that's enough for today that's enough for this week and let's just call it a year right there ladies and gentlemen shall we do that let's call it a year We'll be there'll be something up, best of something. Maybe I'll make a little commentary before each one next week, so that you don't forget that the show exists. And of course, the week in F and review will be up tonight at midnight, and then next midnight, because that's the promise I made. It'll be the year in F and review next week. You're not going to want to miss that one. So check it out at Patreon.com/slash Derek Hunter Podcast or DerekHunter.locals.com. Check out all my columns and all that good stuff. And always on social media. And you guys know how to email me. So go ahead and do that if the mood hits you. 
I'm going to try to avoid as much of this politics as possible for the next week, but we shall see. Be a, I might run to politics after watching a bunch of couple kids unwrap a whole bunch of presents and let's do this, play this, play that. I might run to politics. You never know. So I hope your Christmas is awesome. I hope your New Year's Eve is great. I hope you're safe and don't drink and drive, but probably do drink. Just do it at home. Have people over and make them spend the night. I'll see you either tonight at midnight, hopefully, or in the new year, Monday, probably, because I'll be doing the intro to the shows. Have a great weekend in any event. Merry freaking Christmas, damn it. Thank you.